Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Cardboard Herald, my chance to talk with creative gamers and game creators. As always, I am your host, Jack Eddie, and I am joined by professional comedian and now game designer with his first design just on the horizon, Grant Lyon. Welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. This is fun. I was surprised by this epic mustache as you came onto the screen. I didn't even know what to expect from the moment I saw that. I know it's uh, slowly swallowing my entire mouth right now. So it's pretty fun. This is my first time having like a epic mustache like this. So my favorite part of it, honestly, is when I'm like wearing a mask, like nobody has any idea. <laughs> and, then I, and then I pull the mask off and everybody's like, whoa, oh my God. Oh. So I, I look like you're, uh, you know, like your nerdy next door neighbor. And then I pull it down and I'm like, yeah, who rides his dirt bike to work? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. It seems like you might be laying down some sweet guitar riffs on the latest Steely Dan album. I don't even know if Steely right. Dan's still making albums or at least performing. But we're not here yeah. to talk about, you know, fusion jazz and you know classic (laughs) rock and that kind of stuff we're here to talk about board games and possibly have a tangent in comedy so curmudgeon what's up with this you have a game design on the horizon like what is this game thank you it's i'm very excited about it it's like like you said earlier it's my first game so uh you know it's like this world is so much bigger than i ever knew it was (laughs) like five years ago and stuff like that so i'm very excited to be part of it um Curmudgeon is a game of silly insults, dummy. Uh, it's kind of like uh, Mad Libs for silly, funny insults. The It's definitely, you know, a experiential game, right? You're going to walk away talking about the moments and the jokes and the laughs, not exactly who won. Um, but the way the game works is essentially everybody has some life cards in front of them, and they might be physical, they might be, like, tangential, you know, you, your life card might be, like, your nose, or it might be like your father, or it might be like your sense of humor or something (laughs) like that. But it's basically, those are the things I'm insulting, right? I'm not just insulting you, my new friend, Jack. I'm insulting the specific thing that the cards are telling me to insult. And then you have some cards in your hand that have like key words on them. So essentially we want to provide you a little bit of framework, but it's also very open to your own creativity. It's like a hey, you're going to use these couple of words and throw them down. You know, if I if your life card was teeth and I had the words um, gigantic and problem, I might be like, uh, your teeth are so gigantic. It's a real problem for my eyeballs, you know, <laughs> or just something like that. So you're kind of building it around these keywords. Well, it's a good thing that you're a comedian and you can read the room, but you know, you're you're inviting some uh, dangerous territory here anytime that you have strangers sit down and start playing a game where there's insults with one another because totally. s- someone may be like, "Ah, ha, ha, my teeth." And then another person would be like, "Oh my god, are my teeth that big?" <laughs> uh, is, uh, really? It's, like I didn't realize true. it was that problem. Like did you during development of this game pay any mind to like whoa what if people like can't take a joke totally yes and there are going to be people that don't love this game but there are also people that are gonna love it for that specific reason right and i i've all i've always felt like if you try to please everybody you're not pleasing anybody you know that that's a very true thing in comedy you know in my career as a comedy if if i walk out of a comedy club and 
every person in there is like, yeah, that guy was all right. That <laughs> does that does less for me than like 90% of people going like, oh, I did not like that. And 10% of people going, that was the funniest dude I've ever seen. I'm going to tell all my friends about it. Even better is when, you know, 90% of people go, that was the funniest dude that I've ever seen. And I'm going to tell everyone about him. And, and hopefully that's more often the case. <laughs> I don't know that I would be continuing in that career if it wasn't. But if, if I just kept bombing night after night, I might be like, I feel, I feel like I should figure something else out. But thankfully, it goes well most of the time. Um, but I will say, you know, I've yet to play curmudgeon. We've play tested it with friends, strangers, all that sort of stuff. We, we, we play tested it at Gen Con, um, uh, you know, when conventions were a thing. Uh, and I've yet to see someone who doesn't get into the spirit of the game by the end of the game. You know, there might be like the first couple right. rounds, they're like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. And, you know, um, one of the things that uh, a, a playtester wrote on like a comment that I, I've always remembered is they, they were like, I like this game because it makes insulting not personal. Because it... <laughs> Because it has that framework, you know, and the structure to it, it feels like, well, I didn't just look at you and decide to like, you know, that would seem mean if I just looked at you and I was like, boy, you're a blue sweatshirt, let me tell you, you know, and he'd be like, no, why? But it's like, no, I'm not insulting you, I'm insulting the cards that the game has told me to insult, you know? Right, right. So I, I think that structure and the framework takes a little bit of the sting out of it, and because it ends up being that Mad Libby stuff, we really want the game to be focused on the silly and the funny, not on the mean, right? I mean, it. I don't like mean stuff. I'm a I'm a positive person. I'm a my comedy isn't mean at all. So I don't want to. If I if I made a game that everybody was like, boy, this is brutal, I'd be like, oh man, I I, I messed up. I messed up. That's not what I was trying to make. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, I get that. Well, you know, you mentioned that you you kind of discovered this world of board games that being so much bigger than anything you could have imagined about five years ago. So, like, what kind of sent you down that long spiral of the, the tabletop yeah. gaming universe? So, I, you know, when I was a kid, I played, like, a lot of Magic the Gathering and things like that. So I, so I had, you know, a bit of a background in games, but I hadn't played them for a long time, right? Mm -hmm. You know, when I was yeah. a teenager, I got out and just hadn't hadn't figured out modern board gaming. And, like, five or six years ago, my buddy started hosting game nights right. uh, in Los Angeles, mostly just for, like, other comedian friends. Uh, and the games were things like code names and cash and guns and telestrations, you know, still like fairly light party game fair, but also like really fun and uh, just a good opportunity for socialization and, and structured drinking. Uh, and so I started doing that, um, you know, five or six years ago. And then I got, you know, I, I was like, Oh man, this is so fun. I haven't heard of these games. Like there's so many games I started researching more games and buying some games for myself and things like that. And then about four years ago, I co-designed a uh, curmudgeon with another guy who actually has a couple of published games already. And he approached me and was like, Hey, I know that you've been liking games a lot recently. Cause I would talk about it on stage or things like that. And he was like, Oh, I know you like games. Every game I've done so far has been more of like a family strategy game. I want to do, more of a funny game 
are you interested in like working on something like that? And I was like, Oh yeah. I mean, sure. Like it was not something I thought about at all beforehand, but the fact that he knew the world a little bit more than I did and all that sort of stuff, um, it just felt like a good match. So we started working on it and uh, it, it is a little, now that I look back, you know, this was four years ago. Now that I look back, uh, I, I was naive for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like there were, there were, I remember the first uh, convention we went to, you know, he was like, Hey, we should go to one of these conventions and like set up some pitch meetings and stuff. And I was like, what? There's like conventions for board games. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, well, how important is that? Is that like a, is it one of there going to be like a hundred people there? And he was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, and he was like, we should go. And I was like, okay, you, you said, all right, I'm going to trust you. And then I remember walking into the convention hall and being like, oh my God. This you is know? a like, big deal. Yeah. I was like, whoa, I had no idea this was a thing that existed at all. And this is a thing that exists, you know, like in a big way. Uh, and so then I've been to a bunch of conventions since then. And I, and they're so fun. I love them, but it's funny. I'm like five years ago, couldn't have even told you that a board game convention was a thing. Yeah. It's kind of like tumbling into Narnia, right? You know, like you yeah. have no idea that it's there and you just go through the right door or in that case, a wardrobe, I guess. And suddenly it's like this, total world that exists that that's kind of like bit between the layers of reality but has so much engagement and everyone's involved and then suddenly you start seeing it everywhere like you start watching tv yeah. shows and you're like well that's carcassonne on that person's shelf but you totally. know you have designed at this point the the social word-based game or you know insult-based game and there there's a ton of games that you've put content out for on the internet about that are more of the classic strategy type games. I mean, I was just watching your video that was your funny review of Everdell a little bit ago. So yeah. have you kind of gotten like a, a game design bug? Or are you like, well, I could actually kind of get into designing some worker placement games or maybe, you know, I'll, I'll hit up Cole Worley and be like, yo, can you give me some uh, pointers on how to move into the coin genre or something like that? Well, I will say I, you know, I love all different types of games. And one of my favorite parts about just being a board game person is being like a board game concierge, right? I love having, you know, some fairly thinky worker placement games and then some like super basic party games, right? Because I have a bunch of different people that I play with and I can appreciate the value of all those different types of games. And I personally enjoy all those types of games and one of the hardest things for me is when someone's like what's your favorite board game of all time and i'm like boy I, who am i playing with my like I, I i don't have a favorite i have a favorite that i like to play with other types of people um so you know when you your original question was about like whether i want to get into designing some like you know medium to more heavyweight games and i think probably the answer is no because i think my strong suit as a person and a performer and stuff like that is this sort of social interaction sort of stuff. I mean, that's where I bring my skill set to. Do I want to design more games? Yes. But I think they will probably all be sort of in that more like social interaction, have a good time, you know, maybe not 
you know, maybe I'm not just doing straight up party games, but I think they're all going to be pretty light. Right. Because right. that's just, you know, I'm a I'm a person that knows fun. Right. That's my day job is doing comedy. And so that's what I feel like I can bring to board games is like I know how to create a fun experience. Right. And right. certainly, I mean, for me, Everdell is a very fun experience, but it's also like a very quiet, like I'm thinking through all of this stuff right now type of experience where I think I shine in like creating that social interaction. And I think that's one of the things that curmudgeon does. It's like I it creates big laugh moments. Right. That's probably what I'm the games that I'm going to keep working on and designing. Any hobby can, has, a, has a tendency to become a little bit insular with people who are really dedicated to, to it just being very immersed in that hobby, in the lore, in the history. And, you know, there's a degree of gatekeeping that can happen. As a comedian who has now entered through that wardrobe into board gaming, what do you think has more gatekeeping in it? whether or not, you know, you're really a fan of comedy or whether or not you're really a fan of board games. I think comedy still has more gatekeepers. Right. It's a lot bigger than I thought, but it's still, you know, when you look at somebody who's talking about video games, well, there are YouTubers that have millions and millions of subscribers, whereas the top board game people have hundreds of thousands of subscribers, right, right. not really millions yet. So so I think that the um, the fan base is smaller for board games, which makes it feel um, like more supportive. I mean, that's one of the things that I've actually really enjoyed um, sort of being in the board game world as a tangential to the comedy world is like comedy world. People don't care. Right. They don't care who you are. like. You're either famous or you're not. And if you're not famous, then good luck to you. Bye bye. You know, but in the board game world, it's like it's almost more of a meritocracy still because it's not as big where people go, oh, you're creating good stuff. That's awesome. I want to support you. Totally. Totally. And I love I love that about it. And that's kind of the way comedy felt when I first got into it before you get, you know, it's like when your goals start getting bigger and bigger, it's like, you know, for a while, my goal was just like, can I do 10 minutes on stage? And now my goal in comedy is like, can I sell a TV show? Where obviously it's going to be a lot harder to sell a TV show than it is going to be to do 10 minutes on stage. So as my goals there have gotten bigger, it's gotten harder and harder and more frustrating at times where board games still feels like it's in this new growing phase. And I think that the world of board games is just going to keep growing, keep growing, right? More and more people are realizing that Monopoly is not their only option, you right. know, <laughs> and coming to the world. Yeah, and I, I think that it's just a natural product of as we become a more technological dependent society that we're going to look for more and more physical outlets for, you know, social interaction. I mean, even in video games, people talk all the time about like, oh, I grew up playing like on the couch co-op, playing GoldenEye against one another, you know, whatever it is. And now with playing everything across the internet, you don't have that sort of, you know, familiarity of your friend being right next to you and i think board games provide that it, it facilitates interaction it, it gives you something to focus on that's not just maintaining a conversation with one another and i, I think that's, sure. that's the real I, I guess 
you know, the, the, the thing that will make board game growth persistent. I love that about board games because I spend so much of my day on my phone or on the computer or something like that. So to just have an opportunity to set that stuff aside for a while. And that's, that's why I play so many more board games than I do video games because video games, it's like, I don't want to just do another technology thing. This is where I can like escape technology for a while. Do you ever take board games on the road with you? I do a bunch. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, yeah, I know a lot of, you know, I, I think, you know, some hardcore gamers are like, I don't want to play small box games. Like give me the big box stuff, man. I love some small box stuff because I can throw a bunch in my backpack and take it on the road with me and teach some other comedians in other cities. You know, like I love uh, the tiny Epic series because I'm like, this has a decent amount of strategy in it and it's small enough for me to take it anywhere, you know? Right. So I, I, I usually, I, I would say I normally bring like four, four games, five games, stuff like that on the road with me, try to get people to play. Do you find other comedians are like, what the hell are you talking about? Do you want to play a board game? Like, like Monopoly? Like, what are you saying here, Grant? I think there's a lot of initial hesitation being like, <laughs> what? But then I tell them about it and they're like, oh, that's cool. And I've actually like, you know, you get some comedians to stay in the comedy club after the show's over. We'll have a beer and we'll play a game and that sort of stuff. So like. Definitely there's some initial like, what? What are we doing? But as soon as they play, all of them enjoy it. And I'm obviously not usually like being like, hey, this is going to take a 30-minute explanation, so buckle up. Like I'm, I'm bringing some games that they could jump into fairly easily. If you could play any board game with any comedian, who would it be? I mean, like right now I'm envisioning like, holy hell, what would it be like to play Cash and Guns with Sam Kinison? You know, that, that yeah, would yeah. end up with actual guns and a mountain of cocaine, I'm sure. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, like if given the opportunity, where are you going with that? You know, the game I would play, because I love playing with comedians, because it just becomes all the bluffing and the lying and the social talk. Bang Dice is one of my favorite games to play. It's got the hidden role, but you get to see people's personalities because some people are coming out and they're like, guns blazing. I don't care who knows who I am. <laughs> and other people are like, oh, let me try to be conniving and secretive here. Uh, and if I had to play that with anybody, I mean, I think I would choose robin williams because i feel like that game already has a good energy to it and his level of energy there would just like set it over to a crazy level super fun did you know that robin williams was notoriously a gamer not just a video gamer i mean obviously oh. he named his daughter zelda after the legend of zelda but uh he used to play uh miniature war gaming like um warhammer i did not know that yeah so wow. you know he would have been the ideal candidate you know i don't know wow, how often he'd throw down or anything but there there are plenty of stories about locals going like yeah you know robin williams came into the shop and he was like yo here's my my 40k army let's throw down wow that's cool that's fun makes me like him even more yeah, well, maybe he'd be like, uh, we're beyond the Tiny Epic series here. No, I, yeah, I, yeah. I can't imagine Robin Williams doing any gatekeeping. Yeah. Now that you have this uh, design and, you know, you're, you're going to be uh, doing a, a ton of uh, promotion, I imagine you're going to reach out to podcasts like myself. You're probably going to do some stuff on your own channel for it. 
do you find that uh, self-promotion is any more or less grueling when it comes to board games than it is comedy? I actually find it easier with board games because with comedy, it's just me, me, me. Where board games, it's like, look at this cool thing that I have. And it feels, you know, so self-aggrandizing to be like, look at me, look at me. I'm still here. <laughs> me hey did you notice it's me you know like that just it gets tiresome um mm -hmm. after a while sometimes also just because it makes me feel like i don't know it makes me feel like i'm so arrogant or something like that which i try not to be as a human being right um, but board games there's just this level of separation where i'm like i legitimately think you guys are gonna like this thing that i created and so I'm able to push it a little bit more because I'm like, I can step away from it a little bit. And here's this off. Here's this really fun product and do with it what you will. But I think you'll enjoy it. Right. You know, you know, I, I've heard that comedians tend to be, um, you know, empathic or, or at least, you know, you're vulnerable, you know, that's how you connect with an audience. Uh, and that's not necessarily always the case when it comes to the the people who get into board game design. I mean, there's tons of extremely analytical people who are like, I'm going yeah. to mathematically create the, the best board game ever. Do you feel especially vulnerable when you're testing the game with other people? And like when it doesn't work, it, I, I know you mentioned earlier you'd rather it not necessarily be for everyone, but it work really well with some people. But, you know, like, is that a particularly hard thing for you to say, Hey, let's take a look at the thing that I created. Can we have fun playing this? Yeah. I, it's funny. Uh, I haven't actually, that's a great question. I haven't really thought about it, but it's totally funny that I am way more comfortable promoting my game than I am promoting myself, but way less comfortable <laughs> playing the game with people that I am like doing jokes in front because I've gotten to the point with comedy I mean I've been a comedian for 15 years I've done thousands of shows I've performed in 45 states and six countries I've built up a thick skin when it comes to jokes right mm -hmm. it's like I know I'm good at this if you don't like it I'm sorry you made the wrong decision with your night but with <laughs> but with board games I don't I don't think I have that quite yet, right? Because it is my first design. And so I find myself oftentimes, like when I was playtesting, I was there for a reason and it was a little bit, you know, I'm, I'm trying to solve a problem right now. So it wasn't as emotionally like uh, hard or draining. And now it's like a thing where people are like, you know, I'll just have some comedians over and they'll be like, hey, let's play your game. And I'm like, well, I mean, I got a lot of other games. <laughs> Are you, sure, are you sure you want to play that? I don't know. Okay, um, you guys play that one. I'm going to go chop vegetables for the next hour while you guys play. So oh, I don't want to be here, you know? It's like, it is legitimately hard where I'm like, oh, please, uh, are you guys having a good time? I feel like I'm so invested in their experience that I don't enjoy the experience of it, you know? I can 100% relate <laughs> to that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, the, the last thing that I, I wanted to know about is like, 
you know, the, the actual connection with this design that you made with uh, the, your co-designer three or four years ago, and now it's actually getting published. So what was the process to actually make it become a reality? How'd you hook up with 25th Century Games? Yeah, so, you know, the first two years, I, our timeline's about four years ago, we started working on this. And the first two years was just designing, right? It wasn't mm -hmm. really talking to any publishers or anything like that. We were just playtesting, you know, there's a while where it's just the two of us working on it. And then we start opening up to other people and then we start blind playtesting and we start, you know, taking it to conventions to playtest and game stores to playtest and stuff like that. And then about two years ago, we felt like, okay, well, this is not done, but it's at a place that's good enough. We can start taking it to publishers. So that's where we started going to some of the conventions and setting up meetings and stuff like that and and pitching it to um, companies and you know I think this is the case you hear about this from people with books and with 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 anything that you've created it's like you get a lot of interest but it's getting that that last step of like interest to actual contract mm -hmm. that's the hard place right it's like you know we probably pitched to 50 publishers and maybe five of them were like I don't like this game right Right. 45, of, 45 of them were like, oh, this is fun. And then of that 45, like 20 of them were like, hey, send us a prototype. Like, that, this is really interesting. We want to talk about this more internally here. So it's like we had all of this interest, but then getting over that finish line of like, okay, who's going to publish it? And then, you know, we got to the point where we did have three or four companies that were actually interested in publishing it. And we really liked um, 25th Century's um, just dedication. Like, I think that they create really good products, right? Their, their right. components and their boxes and all that stuff are just really quality. So it's like, okay, that's somebody I want to work with. And 25th Century is not a huge company, but they are certainly a growing company. And that's someplace where I felt like was a good place to be, right? You know, it's like, okay, well, if we sign – you know, with a major, major company, do we just get lost in the shuffle? Totally, totally. You're you're filling out a catalog. Yeah, and and it's also like, you know, it's like with those big companies, it's like we're going to put out a bunch of games. If this doesn't sell great in the first month, we're never making any copies of this right, again, right, right. right? Like we've got so much on our plate. We're just going to publish the things that are hitting. And so I felt like going with like a smaller or medium company, it's like they're going to put up a little bit more weight behind it. Um, so it was like a tough decision, though, where we were like, I don't know what to do. You know, I had to do some soul searching of like figuring out. But I also, you know, I really like Chad, uh, who is the guy at 25th Century Games. He's just a he's a good person, too, which matters to me. You know, it's like you're not just a good businessman. You're also a good person. And those are the type of people that I want to work with, but it was a lot longer of a process than I thought at all. When we first started, I was like, Oh cool. We'll work on a game for a year and then I'll have a game in stores. And it's like, no, it's a way longer process than that. And I'm very grateful that I had a designer who kind of knew the world and the process a little bit more. Cause like after our very first play test, I was ready to quit, man. Like it was, <laughs> Like it, our first playtest did not go that well, and I was like, "Oh, we wasted six months. This game sucks. All right, done. Move on with our lives." And he was like, "No, no, no. We learned a bunch. We figured out what doesn't work. 
now we're going to figure out what does. And uh, I was really glad to have that perspective. Well, that's just like comedy, right? You know, you're expected to bomb starting out, you know, whether it's your first show or first 10 shows, and it's the grit to kind of see it through. Totally. Yeah. I mean, and and I think that that's one thing I definitely feel proud of both in comedy and now in a board game. It's like a lot of people don't make it to this level. Whether this game is successful or not, I will always be proud because I got something on a shelf that has my name on it. You know, that, that's just a cool thing. It's a cool thing, and I'm so glad that you did it. And, and actually, I I think that you have a lot that you could offer, not just in the social gaming space, but I, I think there's room for a particular type of energy that doesn't often get added to, you know, strategy board games out there. And I, I think there's so much to explore in this whole hobby that as it grows, like we were talking earlier, that if you wanted to, if you got that design button, yeah. you could make something right. out of it. Well, Grant, thank you so much for coming on to the show. I am super looking forward to checking out Curmudgeon. And for all of you in the audience, you can find information about it in the link in the description below. Or if you're listening to a podcast, then you can find it in the description to that. You just don't have a below because it's <laughs> in your ears. Once again, Grant, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. This is really fun. I enjoyed it. If you enjoyed this video, we have all kinds of other reviews, interviews, and recommendations via writing, podcasts, and video here on our channel and website, CardboardHerald.com. Our content is audience-supported, so if you want to show your support, please visit our Patreon. Thank you so much for watching. This has been the Cardboard Herald.